The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard, it's just a love ride. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America business channel. And, of course, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. For the first hour of today's show, our sponsors are American Manganese, Atocha Resources, Lucky Strike Resources, Helio Resources, Metanor Resources, Merrick's Gold, and Millrock Resources, and Palangio Exploration. Well, last week uh, I was in Hong Kong, Singapore, and Taipei. Uh, that's uh, Taiwan. And I was really, really impressed with the service of the people from the uh, flight over to Asia on Cathay Pacific from Kennedy Airport. The hotel service uh, was spectacular. The people were very friendly, uh, couldn't do enough to serve you. Uh, the work ethic clearly in Asia is superior, generally speaking, to what it is in the West and in the United States, uh, for sure. Uh, people save their money over there. They don't expect uh, that they should have something for nothing. The entitlements mentality isn't there. And it's a funny sort of thing that even in a communist country, uh, we read and hear about the communist, the Chinese communist, and how uh, the sense of entitlement, maybe among the Communist Party members, is there, but among the people in general, this notion that you should be that the government owes you something isn't necessarily uh, nearly as great in those parts of the world as it is here. And clearly, this is an attitude that is running the West into the grave. We are in big, big trouble because we've lived beyond our means. We've been encouraged to believe that we can have something for nothing, thanks to our so-called leaders, the guys in Washington that are telling us uh, that we can spend our way to prosperity instead of working hard and saving our money. Well, the big lie is starting to, um, to reveal itself, I believe, and more and more people are starting to question Keynesian economics. More and more people are starting to suggest or at least suspect that something terribly wrong is going on in America. I think that's what 
the Tea Party is all about. I think that's what uh, Occupy Wall Street is all about. People are becoming very, very disenchanted. And what this show is about and what it is always sought to be about is the truth, trying to find out what's really going on. Forget the nonsense that you see on the mainstream media. You know, I like to say that a lot of times the real truth comes from the extremes. It comes from the left and from the right. The center uh, has too much to protect, too much to guard. Uh, it is the establishment, and it doesn't want things to change. So it starts to fog the issue, starts to make us believe things that are in their best interest, not necessarily in the best interest of the, of the majority of people. Well, uh, certainly we are looking, as I was just suggesting, that the West believes it can have something for nothing. Um, the, we are heading downhill. That is clear. I think it's, it's very clear to anyone who cares to take a close look at what's going on globally. The West uh, is in decline. The East is uh, they're working hard. They're saving their money. And savings is really where capital comes from. It doesn't come from the printing press. It doesn't come from Mr. Bernanke or Greenspan or any of these guys creating money out of nothing and then sending it to the banks. All that is is a claim against the real wealth that's created by the miners, the manufacturers, the inventors, the farmers, the doctors, the dentists, people that actually do something to make our lives better. Well, so Wall Street comes along and Washington comes along and they create money out of nothing. They are in control of that money. As uh, Ed Griffin has pointed out, the Federal Reserve is a monopoly banking system, not, a, not a, a competitive banking system. It's a monopoly banking system that then is able to take the wealth, to redistribute the wealth from the people who create it, the miners, the manufacturers, the inventors, the farmers, and send it in their direction, the direction of those who control it, the bankers and Wall Street. Well, this is a recipe for disaster because if you don't reward the people who create wealth, guess what happens? People stop creating wealth. And this is what's happening as we move towards fascism or socialism. The two are very much alike. It's hard to distinguish between the two. It's statism. It means the individual doesn't have anything to say about his, where, about his, uh, about his future. It's uh, being placed in the hands of government. And that, of course, is a choice of the American people to a great extent. Unless we wake up, uh, it's going to get worse and worse, and our lifestyle is going to be, um, well, we're going to have a harder time going forward. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite sure of that, unfortunately. I'm sure our main guest today, Mish Shedlock, will have a lot to say about all of that. He, uh, Mish is certainly more of a deflationist. Uh, we'll ask him why he believes that deflation is the likely outcome as we move forward. He's going to have a lot to say, I'm sure, about what's going on in Europe right now and um, and gold and and where we should be putting our money as we move forward uh, in this environment, this very volatile environment. Today, again, I see the equity market was down, up, down, up. It's every which way. It's whipping around, and it's whipping around like crazy because it's not based on fundamentals. The markets are really moving more on politics and emotions than it is on fundamentals, I'm afraid. Well, Ms. Shedlock will be here uh, to talk about deflation, and I've been pointing out week after week, and I've become more convinced than ever that a deflationary or at least a credit delivering uh, environment like we find ourselves in now and have found ourselves in, especially since Lehman Brothers uh, went down uh, in 2008, is an extremely positive environment for gold and gold mining companies. 
We're uh, going to be talking to three gold mining companies in today's show. Millrock Mil- Mil- Resources, Gregory Beischer, will be with us in just a few minutes after we go to our first commercial break. Then Ingrid Hibbard from Palangio Exploration will be with us. And in our second hour, Marcy Kiesman of Atochia Resources will be joining me as well. Uh, but when we look at the gold mining economics right now, it is really superb. We're seeing the profits of the major gold mining companies rise very, very dramatically. Just to give you an idea here, of uh, there's seven gold mining companies that I follow on a weekly basis. And in 2008, the collective uh, earnings of those companies, and those companies are Agni Eagle, Anglo Gold, Ashanti, Barrick, Gold Corp, Kinross, Newmont Mining, and Yamana, Collective earnings in 2008 was $5.77. That rose to $7.05 in 2009, and it rose to two, in 2010 it rose to $13.62. Now, with three quarters of this year gone, passed by, the consensus analysts are projecting $20.22. That's $5.77 in 2008 to collective earnings of $20.22 this year, and that rises to $28.28, according to the consensus analyst in 2012. So we've had almost a five-fold rise in earnings over the last four years. And with that, at the same time, and I think it's not a coincidental, that we have had a huge rise in the real price of gold. You know, everybody is fixated on the price of gold. Is gold going to 5000 Is it going to 2000 I say that's a rubbish. That's That really doesn't matter much. It's sort of... Uh, what matters is what will an ounce of gold buy. And an ounce of gold will buy decidedly much, much more than it would have before the delivering incident, uh, the, before the delivering um, dynamics got underway with Lehman Brothers' failure. And we keep talking about this. 17% of the Rogers Raw Materials Fund could have been purchased. Uh, it could have been purchased during the uh, right before Lehman Brothers in 2008, or 2000, yes, 2008 in July. That rocketed up to 44% in six months and by March of 2009. So from 17% to 44%, the gold gained in terms of the basket of commodities that an ounce of gold could buy. More recently, it, it fell back to about 30%. Then with the um, Greek crisis a year ago, uh, and now this summer, this past summer, with the crisis rising again, well, the last I checked yesterday, it was at 47.7%. An ounce of gold will now buy 47.7% of the Rogers Raw Material Fund, meaning that gold has become much more dear relative to all these other commodities than it was before the deleveraging uh, dynamic really got set off with the Lehman Brothers' decline. This, I think, is something, as Bob Hoy has pointed out, is not a short-term incident. It's not a short-term event, I should say, and that as it's prolonged, we're going to see the earnings of gold mining companies continue to do extremely well, I think, grow, continue to grow. And with that, we're going to see the majors go down market, down the food chain, looking for the guys that can find the gold, the guys that can find the big deposits because the majors are not very good at it, the kinds of companies who are sponsors to this show. Uh, those kinds of companies are very much better at finding large-scale gold deposits. It certainly is a high-risk, high-return Environment. I don't mean to suggest that it's uh, that it's a slam dunk. All of these companies, um, you know, are using their expertise, but they have the mandate for that high risk, high return. Whereas the majors uh, have to sort of look after next quarter's earnings. That's their that's what they're uh, paid to do. 
Well, we're going to be talking, as I mentioned, with Gregory Beischer of Millrock Resources in just a couple of minutes. We're going to be going to our first commercial break, and as soon as we come back, uh, Millrock Resources um, will we'll hear their update on their story. We've, Gregory's been with us before, but this is a company that uh, is probably my favorite model in the gold mining sector in terms of the risk-reward trade-off. It's a project or prospect generator company that goes out and stakes ground, finds good properties uh, based on its on some good geology, and then uh, lets uh, other companies come in and spend high-risk capital to drill holes for a piece of the action. So Millrock Resources is, is certainly one of my favorites. It is a company that I have recommended to my subscribers in my newsletter. We're going to go to our first commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Gregory Beischer. I should mention that towards the end of today's show, my partner Roger Wiegand will be with me uh, for a wrap-up. Chen Lin, my other partner, is in Haiti today visiting one of his favorite gold mining companies down there. So uh, we're going to go to a commercial breakdown. As soon as we come back, uh, Gregory Beischer will be with me. Don't go away. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Merex Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merex and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold Project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merex's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold-producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American bonanza.com for more exciting information don't miss this great opportunity attention gold stock investors brazil resources inc trading as brizf on the otcqx and as bri on the tsx venture is exploring three gold projects in the garupi gold belt in brazil surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits bri features top brazilian geologists earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in brazil led by recognized mining and financing executive amir adnani co-founder and chairman look us up now at www.brazilresources.com that's brazil resources or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. 
Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP Gold Project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold. Ashanti's Navatsjab Gold Mine. For updates, check out helioresource.com. Lucky Strike Resources Limited conducts due diligence drilling on the claim with a historical resource of 1.5 billion tons of coal in Mongolia. The project is directly north of China, where the coal consumption tripled in the last 10 years to 3.2 billion tons in 2010. Lucky Strike's management team has a proven track record, having contributed significantly in the building of a multi-billion dollar company operating in China. Please visit our website at www.luckystrikeresources.com. And get in on this investment opportunity at the ground floor. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. And yes, I would like to encourage you to send your questions along. You can even call in if you'd like. If you've got questions while we're talking to our guests, you can call in. Uh, the uh, toll-free number is 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Don't know that we'll always be able to take your calls and your questions, but if we are, uh, we certainly would like to hear from you. Really happy to have with me Gregory Beischer. He is the president and CEO of Millrock Resources, and Gregory's been with us before on this show, so many of you are maybe familiar with uh, with Millrock's operations. They are a project generator, and we'll ask Gregory to talk a little bit about that in a second. This is a company that trades on the Toronto Exchange under the symbol MRO, and you can buy it down here in the United States under the symbol MLRKF, 70 million shares outstanding with a share price of 47 to 50 cents, somewhere in that range, gives it a market capitalization of only about 33 to 34 million dollars. And I think that's very important to keep that in mind relative to uh, a lot of really uh, exciting projects that are coming on stream. Welcome, Gregory, again to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Well, thanks, Jay, again for having me back. Really good to have you. You have a lot of really interesting projects, and you have also some household name partners that are coming in to work with you and to spend their hard dollars on on proving, trying to prove up some some value in the ground. Talk to our listeners for those who may not be familiar with your company and with other companies we refer to as project generators. 
tell our listeners and, and maybe take a minute to tell our listeners about project generator model and why uh, and what the benefits of that model are. Surely, uh, Jay, you, you mentioned that we're listed on the TSX Venture Exchange uh, in Canada, but the reality is we, we, we very much think of ourselves as an Alaska company. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of uh, all the officers uh, live here in Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, this is uh, where we spend a lot of our time exploring the great, this great state, uh, but also in Arizona. Those are our two focus areas. We really don't go anywhere else. We know these places well, and mm-hmm. we have a competitive advantage, so we focus on them. And this is our business model. We, we generate projects from scratch uh, by uh, doing research and reconnaissance exploration work with a small amount of our shareholders' money, but then we leverage it. We, we invite other companies uh, to spend the money uh, doing the, the, the expensive core drilling. Uh, in order to earn a piece of the action, to earn a piece of our projects. And at this point, we've really established ourselves. We have at least a dozen projects between the two states, and uh, we have uh, eight partners at this point that are expending funds, uh, earning their way into our projects. And some of these are big names, uh, Valley, Tech, Kinross, Inmet, uh, companies like these. And I think, you know, for your listeners, uh, it gives our company a lot of credibility. Uh, you don't have to do any more due diligence than that. Uh, these companies don't give away money, and uh, so they know that our, our projects have uh, <clears throat> some geologic merit to them and that we're going to spend their money wisely. Yeah, they, they don't give away their money, and Gregory, the companies of that stature, those bigger companies, are also not looking at small projects. They're looking at large-scale projects that make it worthwhile, multi-million ounces in, in gold for sure. Uh, give our listeners an idea. What sort of would be a typical joint venture arrangement that you have? What would, what might the majors, these big guys, earn in? Would they earn sixty percent, seventy percent, fifty percent, or what? We, it's whatever we can negotiate, but yeah. it's uh, typical that we have to give up uh, sixty to seventy percent mm-hmm. ownership in the project after the earn-in partner, the big company, ha- has spent uh, usually in the order of. Six to ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on the deal. So once they've uh, spent that much money on exploration and paid Millrock uh, certain amounts of cash, uh, then they'll earn that percentage of the project. We'll retain thirty uh, percent or forty percent, whatever we've negotiated. Mm-hmm. Which uh, uh, going forward, if there's a big discovery, we may be a participating partner in the development of a mine. Uh, we may sell our retained interest to the partner or uh, to the highest bidder to the great benefit of our shareholders, or we may reduce down to the point where we simply take a royalty and have a substantial income from that. Right. So, uh, well, and, and again, you're, you're looking at some major size projects where these guys don't get involved. Let's uh, talk about Alaska first. It's getting cold up there. Uh, are you still working in Alaska at this moment? No, at this time we, we've shut operations down for the year. We've been running flat out since, uh, well, really since January of last year. We did do a winter program on our Uncle Sam gold project up near Fairbanks. Had some pretty interesting results there. Uh, it's close by the, the Pogo mine operated by Sumitomo Metal Mining Company and uh, with our partner Crescent Resources earning into that one. Um, we drilled uh, two other projects, the, the Estelle Gold Project, uh, which is really just to the northwest here of Anchorage, uh, in the same belt of rocks uh, as the Pebble Copper Gold Deposit. 
We've had some very interesting uh, uh, looking surface samples in prior years. This was the first round of drilling, and our, our, your listeners can expect to receive uh, to uh, see published results from that drilling very soon. Hmm. And uh, finally, we drilled the Humble Project, which is uh, out in uh, southwest Alaska, uh, looking for uh, a, a pebble-type uh, copper-gold porphyries. Again, mm-hmm. first first round of drilling uh, on that property. So mm-hmm. uh, results so coming out. But, uh, you know, we're already underway down in Arizona, drilling two projects there. Okay, with respect to Alaska, so we'll still we'll be getting some results from this summer's, uh, this last year's drill program coming out and are you close to any sort of a resource up there yet or is it still early for that um, on the projects we've drilled this year it's really the first round of drilling so we're, we're just trying to make the initial discovery on our, mm-hmm. our bluff project mm-hmm. in uh, far western Alaska uh, we I can't call it a resource yet but we are edging our way there uh, we expect to do a substantial amount of drilling next year and uh, at that point uh, would hope to come out with a bona fide gold resource in the ground Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the warm weather climate now. The Arizona, where I guess it's probably a nice place to be in the in the winter months. Uh, what's going on down there? Well, we're drilling two projects right now. We're looking for copper porphyries. Our partners are, are Vale, the, the Brazilian giant company, and Inmet, a mid-tier copper producer. Mm-hmm. So they're they're earning in uh, to the projects there. By by spending funds for the drilling, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, two drills turning right now, and uh, those results from the the program program will be complete probably in January, and so expect uh, results uh, late January early February from that work. So we're the, encouraged by what we see so far, and uh-huh. uh, you know the discovery could come at any time. But uh, I just feel very fortunate as a junior exploration company that we are able to keep a drill turning almost all the time year-round. It's very mm-hmm. difficult uh, to do that to, if uh, a company has to keep raising money on the capital markets uh, to fund drilling programs. Um, in, in a market like this, it's very, very difficult. There's just not that much funding available, and it's very dilutive to the, uh, the existing shareholders. So we, because of our business model, can continuously drill but the money is coming from major mining companies who are making a great deal of money right now and have funds readily available for exploration. Right, and I, I believe that uh, your joint venture with uh, Valley is, uh, I mean, they're looking for a very deep deposit there, are they not? That's right. I mean, we, the general model that we proposed to them uh, was that of the, the resolution deposit. This is a, a huge uh, copper deposit that was discovered and is being uh, developed by BHP in Kennecott, uh, not too far north of where we're exploring. So just because they're deep uh, does not uh, mean they, they can't make a great deal of money. And in Arizona, all the, the easy copper deposits have been found, the ones that are sticking right into the ground or just under surface. Mm-hmm. So it's necessary to look deeper, but I totally believe that even though there's been mining uh, of copper going on in Arizona for 80 years, uh, they'll be mining it there for at least another 80 years. It's an amazingly well-mineralized piece of the Earth's crust. Yeah. you. Uh, I think you just pointed out the main reason why your business model is, is really uh, a lower risk business model for the exploration sector, and that is because you can avoid dilution at times 
like now when it's very difficult. The junior shares, and we, you and I were talking about before we went on the air, the seniors have not produced, have not, the shares have not performed that well, even though the earnings have been skyrocketing and we think they're starting to take off. The, the, the seniors are starting to do better. The juniors are going to have, I think, the phenomenal rise in uh, in in profits for for investors who are patient who can sit through these difficult times but um you, you know you're what how do you sit right now in terms of money in in the till and are you going to have to raise any capital yourself or, or are you pretty well okay for now well uh we have uh, roughly 4 million dollars in our bank account uh, but that's where we started the year and that's where we'll finish the year at this point we've built ourselves a company that's essentially cash flow neutral or cash flow positive uh we receive management fees uh from our major company partners for working on our own projects and so um we we don't have to raise funds unless and until we make a discovery and have to chip in our pro rata share of a sure. mine development sure by that time, if one of these majors find a major discovery, I think your share price uh, will probably make it a lot less dilutive to raise capital if that's what you decide to do. So you're saying that basically we could hear, I mean, it's not one of these things you can say, well, maybe in two years Mill Rock will hit. You might have something that happens sooner than that. You might have something that happens within the next couple of months, and those people that say, well, there's no hurry to buy these shares at 45, 50 cents. We can do it a year or two from now. They may be left behind, possibly, right? Well, I, the way I look at it is uh, every drill hole is a chance to make a, a discovery that will drive our price up uh, from, from where it is now at around 50 cents. Yeah. We're always drilling, so it could happen uh, next week. It could happen next year. It could happen several years from now. Yeah. I and mean, I'm hoping for earlier. But the fact is we've built ourselves a sustainable exploration company that will still be here exploring three years from now, uh, even if we haven't made a, a discovery until that point. But if we keep drilling good targets and we don't continually dilute our shareholders, then eventually we will be successful. Well, it's, uh, that's that's true, and that's what makes this model so appear, uh, appealing. And I think also the fact that you will be drilling year-round, you don't have to shut down for the winter months. That's also very, very important for a company like yours. I want to thank you, Gregory, so much for coming on and giving us an update. We'll look forward to talking to you again sometime, keeping our um, our listeners appraised of your company. And also, I'm, I should mention, for the sake of full disclosure, uh, disclosure that Millrock is a recommendation in my newsletter and I also own it personally in my retirement account. Thank you very much, Gregory, for being with us. Folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back with Ingrid Hibbard. She's going to talk about uh, her company's Planjo Explorations efforts in West Africa. Don't go away. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring free gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Adnani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. 
Cruise.com or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. Merrick's Gold with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merrick's and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merrick's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project located in Arizona is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable mid-tier gold producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American bonanza.com for more exciting information don't miss this great opportunity rye patch gold corp is an exploration company seeking to build a sizable inventory of gold and silver resource assets in mining friendly nevada the world's fourth richest gold region this well-funded company now has 1.2 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the measured and indicated category plus 2.7 million ounces of gold and gold equivalent in the inferred category with ongoing drilling to achieve a goal of 10 million ounces of gold for more info on rpm please visit our website at w www.rypatchgold.com Lucky Strike Resources Limited conducts due diligence drilling on the claim with a historical resource of 1.5 billion tons of coal in Mongolia. The project is directly north of China, where the coal consumption tripled in the last 10 years to 3.2 billion tons in 2010. Lucky Strike's management team has a proven track record, having contributed significantly in the building of a multi-billion dollar company operating in China. Please visit our website at www.luckystrikeresources.com and get in on this investment opportunity at the ground floor. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm pleased to have with me a familiar face, 
She is Ingrid Hibbard. She's the president and CEO of Palangio Exploration. Ingrid is not only familiar to this show, but she is uh, very welcome around here because she's made a lot of money for many investors, including many of my subscribers in the past. And now it seems as though there's a good chance that she's back at doing the same thing again with Palangio Exploration. It trades on the Toronto Exchange under the symbol PX, and you can buy it in the United States over-the-counter under the symbol PGXPF, approximately 138 million shares outstanding at a 57 cents gives it a market cap of around 79 million dollars. Well, thank you Ingrid for coming back on our show again. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Really good to have you um and as I say, it's good to have winners. Um you, for the sake of listeners who may not have been familiar with your past uh past success that you had uh, at uh, Detour Lake, could you just Maybe tell them a little bit about that. How big is that deposit, and how big was it when you started exploring it, and, and when you handed it off then to uh, the Detour Lake, uh, the, G- the Detour Gold people that are now taking it towards production? Well, it's uh, you know this is a really it's a very exciting project, and it is now set to be um, Canada's largest gold mine. And uh, the building is happening as we speak. There's over a thousand people at the site, uh, mm. building it, and it is uh, quite awe-inspiring. I just had some pictures sent to me the other day, and, uh, you know, the uh, the engineering feat is it, amazing. And I remember, it feels like not that long ago, walking down a dirt road and there was nothing there because the old yeah. plaster mine had all been taken apart. Mm-hmm. When we acquired it, uh, it had a uh, remaining resource from the days that Placer had it of 1.7 million ounces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we re-envisioned that uh, into the concept of a, a big pit. And with uh, Gerald Tennyson, who I met and saw his passion for the project and his drive, and he was absolutely the right guy to develop the project and mm-hmm. he's proven it over and over and over again uh, that project now is you know heading towards uh, 20 million ounces it's just mm. a behemoth oh that's uh, that's that's a big project and what uh, what sort of ounces how many tons per day operation how large will the operation be do you, do you have a sense of that uh, you know, it's changing, um, yeah, uh, maybe getting bigger. Price. We're, we're talking, uh, you know, maybe 65,000 tons a day. Wow, that's that's big. Well, anyway, you then look to um, leverage your success at, uh, in uh, Ontario uh, by going to Ghana, and you found what looked like at the time and still does look very promising, um, a property uh, known as the Abwasi, which is right next to one of the largest Gold mines uh, in Africa, maybe in maybe in history, uh, that that property still looks promising. But in the meantime, you picked up another property that, you know, looks like um, well, a very high probability of uh, finding a lot of gold and and potentially uh, finding another open pit uh, project. Uh, maybe who knows how big it will be at this stage? But it's looking very very good. That's known as the Manfo property. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about? What sort of dimensions so far, um, the gold mineralized zones or areas, what what are we looking at in terms of lateral extent uh, along strike as well as at depth? What What's the dimensions of this thing looking like at this point in time? Well, 
Exactly. What we did is we followed the same strategy again. You know, at, at the detour, you want to look in an area where you already knew it was a belt that had a history of producing uh, big mines, and you want a big land package. So both uh, Obwasi and Manfo are big land packages. Obwasi's almost 300 square kilometers, and Manfo's 100 square kilometers. Obwasi, absolutely. I mean, you know, what more can you say except here beside Anglo Gold Ashanti's Obwasi mine, the largest vein hosted deposit in the world, and uh, uh, it's produced 30 million ounces over its life. It's got another 30 million ounces in resources and reserves, and and they're you know still adding to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manfo was our newer acquisition, and we only acquired that last September. So we've mm. only been on this ground for a little over a year. Oh. Uh, initially, we drilled four soil geochem anomalies and had a discovery on each one of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, unusual to my mind and certainly very exciting for Palangio and its shareholders. Mm-hmm. The biggest of those soil anomalies, uh, Polka Groom East, um, the soil anomaly itself is 1.2 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So far, at uh, 100 meter spacings, we've drilled it to 850 meters of strike. It's still open to the north. Mm-hmm. We've drilled uh, as deep as 200 meters, and it's still open at depth. So it is, it's coming along very, very nicely. And in the mm-hmm. process of doing that, when we stepped back, we encountered another zone in the hanging wall. So there's another zone on top, which for mm-hmm. an open pit will be tremendously valuable. So we're very excited about Pocacrum East. And it's the bulk tonnage zone. This is all near surface. Uh, in fact, all four of the original ones um, are near surface, and just recently we drilled another soil geochem anomaly, so now we're at five discoveries, five for five. Mm. But uh, back to Pocacrum East, uh, it is, uh, it, we're now going to be doing it at 50 meters spacing, so we've already, in our minds, we're going towards an inferred resource uh, mm-hmm. at, at the bulk tonnage zone of Pocacrum East. Mm-hmm. And when might you, uh, might your investors expect some numbers there? How, how soon? We're anticipating continuing to drill both Pocacrum East and Pocacrum West until um, March or April, and then another th- three to four months for the uh, report to be done thereafter. So by mid-next year, we're expecting an initial resource estimate. But remember, this is just going to be the first one. It's not even on all the targets that we've already drilled and, and made discoveries, and there's many more discover, uh, discoveries to be made, I think, but at least it will be a start. And uh, if I had to choose, beside a bulk tonnage zone that's uh, 850 meters long, I would really like to have a high-grade zone, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we have at Pocacrum West. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about 350 meters off to the west, mm-hmm. and again, it's uh, near surface, and we've encountered grades as high as uh, 36 grams over 9, 14 over 7. Wow. So we will, those are the two that we expect to put into the initial resource. Wow, that's uh, very exciting. Those are, those are very nice numbers. Uh, what about the Pokurum East? What sort of uh, bulk? mineable or bulk tonnage numbers might we expect there? A gram, two grams, what? Something in that range? Exactly. The grazing down typically, and and part of this is a function of gold price because uh, the pits 
tend to get optimized based on gold price. So, you know, the grades are are sort of in the gram to two grams, so roughly a gram and a half. And that's really what we're targeting here is 30 to 50 gram, uh, 30 to 50 meter intervals and, you know, a gram to a gram and a half. That's Mm -hmm. what we're targeting for poker from East. Mm -hmm. So I understand uh, in discussing with you before we came on the air that uh, the Pokerum West dips to the east and the Pokerum East dips to the west. So you have a V-shaped formation here potentially. Is there there some potential of joining the two, the west and the east, in an open pit, or I guess it's too early to know yet? It's a bit early to know, but it's certainly something we're uh, considering and, and hoping for as we continue to drill out uh, Pococrum East. It may indeed uh, work out that way. Hmm. Well, I c- certainly would like to ask you some questions, and I know you'd like to know the answers to those questions as well. It's too early to know, but it really is exciting, and the, the high prob- the uh, high number of, uh, of successful drillings, I mean, you've uh, you've made so many discoveries in just a year. It's, it's uh, quite encouraging. You have, though you just mentioned so far, the Pokerum East and the Pokerum West. You have uh, another three targets, I believe, uh, there. You've got the Nefonte East, Nefonte West, I believe, and Nefonte Central. Am I pronouncing those correctly? Exactly. I guess we were not um, as uh, original as we could have been. They were named for villages that they were near, but they're off to the uh, to the south. And really, these are just a function of these are the soil geochem anomalies that we've drilled so far. There are, um, you know, there's results still pending on on a few others, and there are are many more. So right now, what we've looked at encompasses somewhere between 10 to 15 percent uh, of the property, and we haven't even drilled all the soil geochem anomalies within that 10 to 15 percent. Mm-hmm. And off to the west of sort of this structure that we think winds up for the Pococrum East and uh, the Pococrums and the Infantes is a whole other zone where soil geochem anomalies were done at 800 meter spacings. So we think there's an entire other structure there, mm. and we're doing soil geochem over that mm-hmm. uh, to see whether that's going to pan out. So the upside potential here on this property still has me very excited. Yeah, that's a, it seems like deja vu all over again, sort of, Ingrid, because I was with you and uh, had your uh, your earlier success in my newsletter from the very get go almost as one of my biggest winners ever. So, uh, it, it I mean we can't conclude that just yet, but it sure is looking promising. You have uh, so as I how far apart are all these five different uh, five different occurrences? Are they are they close enough that you could have one? Uh, one heap leach. Oh, no, it's not going to be a heap leach operation, is it? This, it we're talking be, uh, Well, I shouldn't say that, but in all probability, no, because uh, you know the oxide portion here is just a very, very, very small portion. So the, the Pococrums east and west are about four kilometers north of the Infantes, so they're really very close. Okay, so you could have one milling operation. Conceivably, for all these uh, five. Oh, absolutely. If you have five. And remember, there's already mills in the neighborhood. Uh, New Montsahafo is only 14 kilometers away. Ah, okay. And of course, if Newmont needs mill feed, this might be a possibility down the road. Who knows? There's all kinds of, pl- and you know, the infrastructure that, that that means. Now, this is a cocoa farming area, so there's roads throughout the property. Very important. The um, the electricity line, the power line for a hostel runs right through the north of the concession. Wow, very important. So, 
So, uh, you know, infrastructure is all here. That's one of the advantages about Ghana, and I would like mm-hmm. to take a, a few minutes to talk about how great it is to work in Ghana because sure. that's, that's one of the advantages to the project. You know, Detour had the advantage of being in Canada, you know, probably the most mining-friendly jurisdiction in the world, mm-hmm. and Ghana I would uh, place you know, right up there in terms of great places to work. It's had centuries of mining. Uh, the Obawasi mine itself, for example, has been in production for 100 years. Mm-hmm. So they have you. that means you have access to infrastructure, you have access to skilled people. Mm-hmm. Our local team is all Ghanaian, uh, the country manager and each of the project managers. And that really is the reason we got the Manfo project. Mm-hmm. When you have local people on the ground, they just quite uh, uh, quite obviously hear things earlier than people who you know are not from the area. Sure. Warren put it very well to me. He said, Ingrid, just picture, and you've, you've been up to Northern Ontario, Jason, sure. to understand that. But picture that, uh, you know, somebody from Ghana shows up in a bar in Timmins and says, gee, I'm looking for a mining property. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's exactly what we're doing when we go to Ghana. So, yeah, you know, that's right. prospectors you... and the guys in Timmins are just going to hear about projects that become available in Timmins faster right. than somebody in Ghana would. And the same thing works in reverse. And it was the quality of our team on the ground that mm-hmm. brought us the Manfo project. Yeah. And Warren Bates is our senior VP of exploration. He's been working with us now for four years. Mm-hmm. And when he joined the team, you know, I said, here's your mandate. I'd like you to find another, because this is our strategy, another campsite project on a world-class gold belt, which is a little bit like saying, gee, I'd like you to, you know, find a billion dollars. <laughs> and um, it took him a few years. And that's that's experience and judgment speaking. You know, he a lot of projects came through our office, mm-hmm. and Manfo was when he says, "Okay, this is the one. This is the one we have to go after." Mm-hmm. The very first hole was a gram and a half yeah. over sixty-one meters from the yeah. Remarkable. And then the next three, too, you hit on. So exactly, exactly. So the, you know, and I do. You know, the team has to. Get, get all of the credit for that because mm-hmm. every company is only as good as the team. Absolutely. Well, and the uh, the person that picks the team has to have something to do with that, and you've had a lot of success there too as well, Ingrid. What about, um, you, you didn't mention, I guess, water is plentiful? Water water is not a problem at all. Water okay. is, in Ghana, it's in a sort of jungle area, so there is no water problems. Yeah, I might add, I think it's it's very, very good that you do have all those locals that are working with you, and no doubt you have good relations with the local people. You empower them, and, it, and they take possession there, or they take ownership, let's say, and, and pride in the project, which has got to be a big plus. I think the smaller mining companies very often are better at that than sometimes than the bigger guys. Uh, so you started out with the Obwasi. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about that? Where Where does that stand now? Well, at Obwasi, we're still waiting to make that first discovery. Uh, you know, so we're describing it as uh, sort of the potential game changer. That's the fun of this industry. You never know when that discovery is going to happen. And, and every time we open the core box, we're, we're anxious to see if this one is it. We haven't made the, that discovery at Obwasi yet. We're, we're continuing to build the story, the things we're seeing 
uh, keep encouraging us. We're learning more. We're able to hone in, but we haven't made that uh, uh, bringer home yet discovery. But certainly, we've got 300 square kilometers. We're on strike. We've we've established the the trend runs through our property that you the the deposits or the mines or the ore shoots next door occur either right up against uh, the mafic rocks or 400 kilometers uh, 400 meters excuse me on either side hmm. so we had to map out those mafic volcanic rocks across our property so it's been a bit of a process but we have done that we've now established that trend for 15 kilometers across our property. Wow. We're, we're drilling uh, target areas and uh, any day or or maybe not. Maybe it's uh, six months. Maybe it's a year. I'm convinced that there will be another ore shoot over eight kilometers. Uh, there are 14 ore shoots. The closest one is three kilometers on strike to us. I. Uh, I can't believe. I mean, we all know everything ends, but I can't believe, given that nothing changes, particularly in the geology, that after having 14 of them over 18 kilometers, it just stops right at our property boundary. Yeah, that seems uh, that would be quite remarkable, wouldn't it be? What about uh, the cash resources now on the till, Ingrid? This is always a concern for junior mining companies that have to raise more money to drill. How much do you have in the till now, and are you going to have to go back to raise more? Oh, absolutely, more we have to go back. We've got. Uh, about uh, $3 million in the till right now, and mm-hmm. that does not give us enough to complete the resource that we intend to have by mid-next year. So mm-hmm. we will definitely have to go back to that. Uh, it's the bane of the exploration industry, but I suppose it's the, uh, um, you know, that's the chance for investors. Yeah, well, it is a chance for investors, of course, and uh, you've been very successful so far. Uh, and on this project as well as earlier ones, so I think you know it's, it's cer- certainly uh, from my from my perspective looks like something that well, and I do personally own this stock, and I should tell our listeners for the sake of full disclosure that uh, Palangio Exploration is a recommendation in my newsletter has been uh, almost from the start since Ingrid moved um, her efforts into Ghana away from uh, after she uh, well successfully sold out of the uh, detour. Lake Project. Well, Ingrid, you still do have some, I think, some interest still in Ontario, though, do you not? We do. Um, we have a few small properties, uh, none of them that were actively working. Given uh, the success that we've had over at Manfo, it's just not made sense. Uh, so we're watching neighbors because all, you know, all of our projects in Ontario have people working nearby. So at mm-hmm. this point, we're sort of uh, watching what the neighbors do and, and letting them do the exploration for us at sure, this stage. Sure, sure, Anything but else? If anyone like... happens to know of a camp-sized project on a world-class gold belt in Ontario, yeah, call us yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's, that's a good point. I mean, uh, there aren't that many of them around, but somehow you seem to find more than your share almost, so uh, on behalf of shareholders. Anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we conclude our discussion today? Well, I guess, um, you know, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the things that makes us most excited and it sort of draws it all together is that this industry is about wealth generation, that gold exploration and discovery is that area where you can really create new wealth. And it's mm-hmm. first and foremost for your shareholders, but it's also for 
you know, the communities and regions where you're op- where you operate. We're creating jobs in Ghana, which is hugely important. And we're uh, as a result of the work we did in the past, and you know, all of the, all that Detour Gold has added to it. There are a thousand people on site at Detour now building that project. Yeah. So it's, the- it's something that makes the difference to the region of Canada. It makes a difference to the region, and, and the waves ripple out further than that, too, Ingrid. They go throughout the global economy because you're adding supplies of, well, what I believe uh, is honest money, and, and the markets need it. They're requiring it because the fiat money um, isn't gaining too much confidence these days. Uh, so that's a, another part of this, the kind of thing we talk about on this show. Uh, I want to thank you, Ingrid, for coming on to talk to our listeners again. Please come back again sometime in the near future to keep us up to date on your company's progress. Well, that's all the time we have for now, but don't go away because coming up next is Miss Shedlack, uh, who always has some refreshingly original views on the markets. He's going to be talking about deflation again, I'm sure. And as we have been saying for a long time, deflation, or at least deleveraging of the credit system, is very bullish for the real price of gold and hence for the gold mining profits. And we're seeing them surge. The big boys are doing extremely well. They're looking for projects. They're looking for multi-million ounce deposits, the likes of which Ingrid Hibbert has had one success under her belt and looking for the second one. So, uh, Ingrid, we hope you'll come back again pretty soon. Folks, uh, don't go away. Ms. Shedlack will be right back after the break. Don't go away. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Merex Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merex and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold Project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merex's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP gold project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navatschap Gold Mine. For updates, check out helioresource.com. Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Adnani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. Or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. 
American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project located in Arizona is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold-producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at AmericanBonanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity. American Manganese Incorporated controls the largest deposit of manganese in the southwest United States, and their 43101 preliminary economic evaluation includes the potential to be the lowest cost producer of electrolytic manganese in the world. A National Instrument 43101 report of 14.9 billion pounds of indicated and 3.5 billion pounds inferred. Go to www.americanmanganeseinc.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 